stories reveal the heart of God for sinners, like the triplet of parables found in Luke 15. With the parables of the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the lost son, we see God's heart to bring sinners home to Himself. And to demonstrate His great love for sinners, God gave up His Son, Jesus Christ, so that you and I could become His sons and daughters by faith. Let's join Scott Pauley now as we study Luke 15. One of the real tragedies in our current world is that fathers are absent in many cases and in others abusive and frankly have not represented the Heavenly Father as they were supposed to. And for that reason, a whole generation of people have been raised with the wrong view of even the word father and what it means. Look, I don't know if you've had a good earthly father or not. Maybe you have like I have. Maybe you haven't. But I want you to know you have a wonderful heavenly father. And we see him on the pages of Holy Scripture. We see him in Luke chapter number 15 in this story of the lost son and his response, his his grace. In fact, today we see him out of breath and over the top. (laughs) Listen to Luke chapter 15. The prodigal is returning home. And beginning in verse number 20, He arose and came to his father, but when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. That's powerful. What a beautiful father this is. Now, we've learned already that the wonderful father was giving from the very beginning of the story. He was waiting. He was watching. He was loving. And here's where we left off. He was running The last picture we saw of him, the father is running towards him. That may not mean much to you, but I want you to know in that Eastern culture, patriarchs did not run. This was unusual and very unbecoming. In fact, the old men of the families wore a long flowing garment all the way from the neck down to the ankles and uh, beautiful garments, and they moved slowly and gracefully. When the Bible says this, this old man, this father ran, literally, get the picture, he pulls up that long flowing garment and takes off running. It was a, it was a disgrace for him to, to bear the leg, and yet he's willing to do that. Do you see a picture of what Jesus does for us, to be disgraced so that he can get to us, uh, to bear the shame and reproach, to think not of, of what others would say of him at the cross, but rather of getting to us? Here is what Dr. Frank Sales used to call our out-of-breath Savior. Do you see him running? The only time you see God pictured in a hurry in Scripture, he's running towards sinners. And so our wonderful Father was running. Let's add to that now. We see our wonderful Father embracing. So in verse 20, he falls on his neck and kisses him. Now this is a picture certainly of receiving him. He's not keeping him at arm's length. In fact, the word kissed here literally means to kiss all over. So uh, not, not just a peck on the cheek, but he literally just kisses and kisses and kisses. He's publicly showing his love and reception of this boy. But did you know he was also protecting him? If this had been a Gentile home, uh, this boy would have been cut off. If it had been a Jewish home, according to Deuteronomy chapter 21, under the law, he could have been stoned and put to death. In that day, if a boy left home and and dared show his face again, dishonored his father the way this boy had, and then showed back up, the neighbors very often would have taken him and put him to death. 
The father runs to him, throws his arms around him, and basically is saying, don't touch him. He's mine. You, you, you can't judge this boy. I receive him. Isn't that our great God? Uh, the accuser of the brethren, Satan, speaks against us. Our own sin cries out against us. Justice cries out, and the Lord cries out in response in mercy and says, he belongs to me. He puts his loving arms around us. And then would you see the wonderful father interrupting? Interrupting, that's right. Because in verse 21 and 22, uh, the son begins his prayer, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, he never let him finish his carefully planned speech. He never let him finish his prayer. Would you like to know why? Because your God's not interested in words. He's just looking at the heart. He's not interested in hearing all the details and everything you've ever done. He already knows. I love this. He doesn't ask the boy about his past. You know why? Because the father is not looking at your past. He's looking at the future. The emphasis here is on God's grace, not the sinner's guilt. God's not interested in your promises. He's interested in simple confession. And when you confess, you don't have to pray the perfect prayer. You don't have to say it just right. When you agree with God, God interrupts with his grace, with his answer of mercy and of peace. And then you see the wonderful father giving. Does that sound familiar? Yes, because the story started with him giving. Listen to verse 22. The father said to his servants, bring forth the best robe and put it on him. And put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. He's giving again. The robe? No, the best robe. The ring? of authority and access, the shoes, mark of a family. He's giving and giving and giving. Do you know what the greatest giving is? The greatest giving is forgiving because we don't deserve it. And the greatest thing uh, this boy was given was not a robe and ring and shoes. It was a relationship with the Heavenly Father. That is what God wants to give you today. And then we see the wonderful Father feeding him we come to the table with him. Look at verse 23. And bring hither the fatted calf and kill it. Let us eat and be merry. You remember him saying there was bread enough and to spare? It was true. You remember where Jesus was when he told this story? He was sitting eating with sinners. That's right. The context of this story is at supper time. And he's saying to them, nobody spreads a table like the Father can spread a table. And if you'll come home to him, there'll be no more husk and no more hunger. There'll be no more famine and no more far country. No, you get to fellowship at God's table and the Father will feed the deepest hunger of your heart. And then the final picture we have here in verse 24 is of the wonderful Father rejoicing. This is what makes God happy and should make us happy. What? When sinners come home. Verse 24, this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found and they began to be married. Do you remember at the end of each part of the story, the shepherd rejoiced, the woman rejoiced, now the father and the entire household begins to rejoice because the greatest joy is when a sinner comes home. Who's doing the rejoicing? I said this in an earlier study, but it's not the angels first, and it's not the household first. No, it is God himself. It's a fulfillment of prophecy. Zephaniah chapter 3, verse number 17 says, The Lord thy God in the midst of thee is mighty. He will save. He will rejoice over thee with joy. He will rest in his love. He will joy over thee with singing. Do you see our singing Savior? What makes God sing? What makes the Lord rejoice? 
when sinners come home. I was reading just the other day in Hebrews chapter number 2, uh, when he's talking about Jesus bringing us into the family and calling us brethren. Uh, Hebrews chapter number 2 and verse number 12 says, I will declare thy name unto my brethren. In the midst of the church will I sing praise unto thee. Let me tell you who leads the chorus in heaven. It's not Gabriel. It's not Michael the archangel. No, no. Let me tell you who it is. It is our Savior. He's singing. What's he singing? He's singing over sinners who repent. That's why the Bible says he endured the cross for the joy that was set before him. Would you like to know true joy today? Would you like to bring joy to the heart of the Heavenly Father who's worthy of it? Would you like to make the heart of Jesus who suffered and died for you happy? Then do this. Come to him. Come to him in simple repentance and faith. Come just as you are and say to the Lord, Lord, I have sinned and I'm not worthy, but I'm coming home. And when you come to that point, you're going to see the wonderful Father has been standing there waiting on you all along. Come rejoice with him today. The only time in Scripture when God is in a hurry is when he is pursuing sinners. Thank God for his heart for us and may many more sinners come home to him. Each week, Scott works to provide helpful resources for you. And one of those resources is his weekly devotional articles on a wide array of subjects, from helps to the family, current events and trends, daily Christian living, and much more. Be sure to visit enjoyingthejourney.org and subscribe to the newsletter so that these helpful resources will come straight to your inbox. We are grateful to have you join us each week, and may God bless you today as you enjoy the journey.